0: Welcome to ID Podcast. Thanks for joining us today.
1: On today's show, we're mixing it up a little bit, and it was an interesting show with Megan Murray. And Megan is a senior content strategist and editor-in-chief at zoosk.com, or the Zeus Dating App. And she has a lot of great insight and information on dating in the modern world. And we talk about the pitfalls to avoid and how to navigate online dating in the best way possible and talk about some of the things that are all data backed. It was really interesting. They have 40 million users. That is just insane. And then she just said that Tinder just came out and they are the number one grossing app in the world. Out of all apps, you know, you got your Candy Crush your your uh, what other popular apps whatever There's so She's, many they're crushing it. Yeah. Tinder is crushing it. Candy Crush.
0: But that's so many people. It's insane. I mean it's it's pretty crazy and I I can't only imagine the data that they have on all of our dating tendencies. I mean not you yeah. and I obviously because we were married or we were together before dating online dating really came about, but I mean, they really have to know a lot of information when it comes to, you know, our all of, most of our listeners, uh, they're, what they're doing when they're dating online.
1: Yeah, Sarah, you're making us seem old. We, we are <laughs> not on, old. They had online dating when we met. Yeah. It just was certainly not as prevalent in the apps. I mean, there was the Match.coms and, and, and a few others, but nothing like it is today. And it, it's almost every every year there's a new one and... And it's really great. And it has a lot of implications for relationships in the modern age for meeting new people. And if you're in a relationship, it's going to have an impact on you. So Megan talks about some different things to, to look for when you're online dating and also what you want to be doing when you're setting up your profile is really important. One of the ones that I think we both really liked was to remove the filters. A lot of times people are putting up filters where you can filter out certain people with based on their likes or dislikes or, or things in their profile. And the reason she says that is sometimes we might not know what we want. And Sarah and I, I know me especially, I was not looking for the girl that that I thought, the girl that I thought I wanted was not what Sarah was. basically I thought I wanted, and I've talked about this before and I talked about it in the show, but I thought I wanted a very particular kind of girl that was into the same hobbies, water sports, surfing, kiteboarding that I was. And it turns out, I'm so glad that I didn't find that girl that I found Sarah. And just having talked to friends that are dating girls or have a wife, they're like, it's not all it's cracked up to be. You know, there's things that you don't think about when you, you think you want one thing, but the reality is, is something else might be better for you. So remove those filters.
0: By removing those filters in Chase and I's situation, I'm now into surfing because I've I've broadened my um, ideas and or broadened the things that I want to try. And now you're more into show tunes, aren't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just kidding. Show tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Sarah has a theater background and she hasn't quite converted me on the show tunes, but,
0: but I'm w- getting there.
1: Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I would, I might have put that as a filter. I do not want a girlfriend who likes Broadway shows. Little rent, do you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably the only one I know. But yeah. And we would have never met because I would have blocked her on my, on my profile. Right.
0: So. Yeah. And, Megan has given us so many great tips. We've actually compiled it all into a cheat sheet for you guys. So if you uh, are hearing after you've listened to this podcast and you can't remember all the tips and you want to know what they are and, and implement them into your dating profile, you can head over to our website at iDupodcast.com forward slash 112 download and you can automatically get that cheat sheet to implement it into your dating life. And again, that's idpodcast.com forward slash 112 download. I'm gonna go there. Takes you directly to the cheat sheet. Awesome,
1: yeah, Sarah's putting that together for you guys. I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm usually running, paddling, driving, all all situations where I can't write things
0: down. And as always, we'll have the link in the show notes page um, and in the podcast description. So,
1: yeah, good stuff. Well, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. We hope you find today's episode valuable. Continue leaving us those five star reviews and feedback. We really appreciate it. It's awesome to hear the success stories uh, from our listeners when they send us messages. we 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 love you guys and appreciate you guys listening.
0: Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Get matched with your perfect therapist who can put you on a path to a happier life. For $30 off your first month, visit Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Megan. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Hi, how are you guys?
1: We're doing great. And we've given our listeners a little overview about your work. And uh, it's pretty exciting stuff and different than, I guess, our typical guests. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships?
2: Sure. Yeah, like you said, I'm a little bit different than your usual guest. I was listening to some of your other stuff earlier and I'm like, oh, this will be fun. I work at the online dating site in App-Zoosk, Um and I kind of do two things there. I work on the product itself, so I work with the product design team and it's kind of fun. I get to go be behind the scenes and really learn about like how the app works and how people interact with each other on the app. And then the other thing I do is I also manage our dating and relationship advice website. I'm the editor-in-chief there. It's called the Date Mix. So I work with a lot of different people and kind of like you guys where you get to talk to lots of dating experts out there and relationship experts and psychologists and, and authors and kind of get their point of view on what's the best way to have a the good relationship is. So
1: it's pretty fun. <laughs> well, I think today's topic and just your field in general is is super relevant and timely. Obviously, there's more and more people meeting each other online. I'm sure you have some specific numbers. It's funny because Sarah and I been together, what, almost nine years now. So we, we met before probably before you guys started with Zoosk and a lot of online dating was was not nearly what it is today with all the apps and and everything in between. So we're going to talk about online dating and, and just dating in general and zero in and talk about dating advice that may no longer be relevant from five, 10, certainly 20 years ago. But why don't we start? Can you tell us some figures perhaps on the number of people meeting uh, online these days?
2: Yeah. I mean, there was a, the last Pew research study that came out in 2013 was actually showing that things have really kind of skyrocketed. So probably when you guys were out there dating, you know, you're more used to Match.com and eHarmony, Harmony, where it was almost a very formal online dating experience, almost like taking video dating, but putting it online, and people would email back and forth. And, and, and um, a lot of the stigma to online dating has gone away. Like people definitely used to think it was like, oh, they'd hide it. They met someone online um, and now because there's so many apps out there and people are so much more open about meeting online and doing other things online like shopping and they're more social in these online experiences, it's really blown up since then. Um, the site I work at now has over 40 million members worldwide and we've grown steadily since 2006 and it's kind of crazy the way things have skyrocketed for everyone. I mean, even just today, um Tinder came out. They're like the number one growing app in the world right now. So it can really show you how much dating has changed recently and um online dating in particular and dating apps is just a new place where people are really going to meet each other more often now.
0: Wow, I'm blown away by those those numbers. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Obviously, a certain segment of our listeners, I'm sure, have either met their current partner through online dating, or they they are looking for someone out there. I would imagine probably a significant percentage of you. And and yeah, it is interesting because I just I never was on any sort of online dating site because last time I was single, almost a decade ago, it it was probably just Match.com and. And it uh, was
0: hard for me to get him to text when we first started dating. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> man,
1: you're like dating us. I feel I feel old.
2: <laughs> and it's so different now because now people text. It's like one of the outdated tips I was going to talk about is people really don't call each other anymore. And that really used to be a rule that like to ask someone out on a date, you needed to call them or it was it was kind of seen as rude and the guy wasn't interested in. And now texting is just like the number one way people communicate at first. It's it's kind of funny the way communication has changed so much of the dating (laughs) interaction.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that because. Uh, certainly more it would probably be weird maybe in some instances if if you call the person would be like just text me but from what <laughs> we've learned personally, certainly in our own relationship and then uh, just through communication and, and I'm sure our listeners can relate that a lot can be lost in text as far as, I mean, even through the phone, there's no nonverbal communication there. You can't see your partner. But then through text, you lose even that emotional element of what the words uh, are actually you know what you're trying to convey so it can be yeah. good you know and, and efficient and easy but I probably want to just uh especially if you really like this person beware that I know Sarah and I have gotten into like little mini fights over text <laughs> because it, it's like oh that's not what I was trying to say and even though the words are pretty clear there's no emotion in them
2: yeah and I think when people are nervous and excited sometimes they write something down and press send without reading it first. And I'm, I've am i been guilty of the same thing. Um, and then you read it back and you think, hmm, that could be misinterpreted or that joke sounded a lot funnier in my head than it did when I sent it. Those little nuances don't always get caught when you're writing things out.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Emojis can only go so far.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. A fun way to flirt, but... You can only, only take it so far. <laughs> Absolutely. So in
0: addition to the communication aspect of online dating that has changed, what else has been a big game changer?
2: Um, I think a big thing with online dating is the timing of how you, the beginning of the relationship kind of ramps up has changed a lot. Maybe it's because people are so much more accessible, Um but a big thing, like you guys probably remember the old like wait two days to call rule or wait two days to ask someone out. I mean, when you meet someone on a dating app, if they send you a message and you wait two days to get back to them, that's pretty rude. And chances are they, they will have moved on by then because they may be talking to many different people or it may just be that somebody else has caught their attention because you were waiting and trying to play hard to get. It just doesn't work in the same way that it used to um that's also one that we have numbers around because we looked into it to see like when's the best time to respond to someone should you wait and we actually saw that um if you send someone a message and then you reply back in that same day you're 62 percent more likely to get a reply back um whereas if you wait two days it goes down to 45 percent and after that it drops even lower <laughs> that's
1: that's fascinating and in. And- Something that I hadn't really thought of right off the bat is that you have 40 million users. The, the information that you guys have on, on this, and I mean, just that right there is like cold, hard facts. You know, It's not your opinion. This is what is actually happening. Are there any other sort of statistics like that that, that pop out that you guys have uh, looked at and noticed?
2: Yeah. um, So we have a lot. We look into this a lot because as you can see, when you have like everything at your fingertips, you're like, "Ooh, what can I find out? That's kind of part of the fun of my job. So recently we were trying to um, find out like how people can send better messages to each other. Because I think one thing maybe you guys have talked about before, but sending like a first message on an online dating site, it's super hard. It's like going up to someone at a bar and trying to break the ice. You know, it's always kind of awkward and You're wondering what to say. And um, I had made a lot of assumptions about what I thought would be a good way to start a conversation. Um, And one of the, I think, the most interesting ones was actually saying hi or hello in a message does not do well. (laughs) You actually get fewer responses if you just say something like, hi, how are you, which seems very natural. Um, And we looked into that, and it's because so many people say hello that way that you really are, like, your message is almost getting lost in the crowd. There's nothing to make it stand out. And it's hard to know how to reply to the same thing every time. Um, so what, what we did find that works are things like talking about the weather, which seems boring, but it's like a very easy way to start a conversation always does well. Or um, talking about someone's kids. If you have kids and you're dating as a single parent, like talking about your kids right off the bat is like a good way to start a conversation. I think where in the past people might have thought, oh, I should wait to talk about it. And, and there's a lot of little topics like that that can jumpstart a conversation that you, that you would think would be odd.
0: <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up because I don't remember what podcast we were listening to. The show. Was
1: it? Master of None. Was it
0: Master of None? Well, they, there was a couple of different scenarios, but I've heard that someone, their, their go-to line was to say, hey, I'm stopping by Whole Foods. What can I pick you up? And, like, they had success. That, that was
1: the that was the intro line. It, Aziz Ansari, the Netflix show, Master mm-hmm. of None. It's, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a really good take on, like, modern dating, you know, cis, young, single dating. And, and he's a funny comedian. But, yeah, that was his go-to line for his first line on this dating app that he was using.
2: Yeah, and he actually wrote a book, Modern Romance. Have you yep. guys read that one? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> super interesting stuff. And he's hilarious, so it kind of makes it more approachable. Yeah, a lot of kind of funnier messages like that do well. We were actually just interviewing um, one of our customers in here to kind of get her feedback on the product the other day. And she said that she likes to ask guys what color of nail polish she should be she should wear. And she says she gets a ton of guys responding to her because of that, because it's, like, so different and weird. I always thought that's kind of funny, the, the way yeah. people get really creative.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I think it would be a good filter, too, because if you use something quirky because maybe you're a quirky person or you're a funny person and people aren't responding to that, well, then that's probably not a person that's going to get <laughs> – your sense of humor, you know, like some people might yeah. think, well, that's kind of a weird thing to say. What nail polish should I wear? And then they're not going to respond. And the the idea is, you don't want to just cast a giant net and and just take whoever, right? You want to you want to attract someone that that you're you are going to enjoy being with. And and so uh, I think I would. I mean, I'm not here doling out advice. Uh, you you're more the expert here, but. I would imagine you want to stay true to yourself and, and reflect that in something as simple as that first message. Don't, if you, if you're not like a particularly uh, witty or funny person all the time, don't think that you need to make your first message, uh, you know, something Aziz Ansari would come up with.
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I think that's something sometimes you can get lost in the data and just look straight at the data. and, And for example, um, we found that people with the word word like casual in their dating profile get fewer messages or people with the word music in their dating profile get fewer messages. And we were trying to figure out why, like everyone likes music. And it's just because they're weeding out people who aren't as passionate. And so you think because you're getting fewer messages, that's a bad thing, but it's actually good because the conversations you have are longer because you're connecting with people you're more likely to be interested in. Just like you said, like the data kind of backs it up. So you may think that, oh, at first I'm not getting as much attention. But I think one of the the things that has come out through online dating is you don't want to be everything to everyone. Because otherwise you're just not going to be anything to anyone. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm just picturing in my mind these 40 million and, and we use, you know, uh, for our website, basic analytics. And you can tell a lot about your visitors. But with the information that you guys have, it's just such an insight. Like like you said, these things, particular keywords that attract more messages. And and just looking to the future, this is where we're going, obviously, is that the the way... It, it throughout time i mean 200 years ago to 100 years ago the way you dated and met people was probably very different and and but now it seems to be accelerating and we we know so much about a person before we even meet them in in face to face it it can be this great way to to meet a more perfect match but it it can also have its pitfalls i imagine are there any things that uh that come up that users struggle with or, or that, uh, that maybe someone online dating can try to avoid?
2: Yeah, that's great. One thing that when I was kind of near, so I've been a, here for four years now. And when I first started, you know, you make certain assumptions about what you want as a dater. Um, and I think this applies online and offline, but it's, interesting when you actually have data to support it when you're looking at online daters. So when you go out to a bar, when you're on an online dating site, you may think, for example, I really like books and reading. I was an English major. And I think I'm looking for a bookish guy sometimes, but oftentimes the people I, I have the best conversations with, or am the most attracted to were very different from me. And it's not always about finding someone who you have things in common with. It's finding someone who compliments you. So a lot of times, um, You know, people will even use filters while they're online dating to, like, filter out by religion or, like, somebody's body type or something like that. And they're kind of limiting themselves because the data actually shows that when people remove their filters and don't use them, they actually tend to, like, connect with more people and have more conversations that are longer lasting. So they're actually connecting with more people by being, like, a little more open-minded about it. And if you think about it, that could totally apply to people who are, like, meeting someone at a bar or church or through friends. Like, you have these assumptions about what you want um, and this idea in your head of, like, who the right person is for you. And part of dating is just meeting new people and discovering things kind of about yourself and other people that you didn't expect you'd be really into or would make you really happy. So that's been a really interesting thing. I would say when you're online dating, try to approach it not as finding your match. You know, we, you, I think we use the word perfect match, like too much almost. It's really more about like discovery and exploration and, and like where it's a learning process almost. <laughs> I don't know. I would be interested to see what you guys have to say, because I feel like some people really approach dating, like looking for the one. And that puts so much pressure on things. It's, it's hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think Chase and I can really relate to that because when we first met, We were both active people, but Chase was really into water sports. And I'm speaking for him, but at that time, he thought he wanted a girlfriend that did exactly what he did. And it turns out that we ended up complimenting each other, like you said, because we did have different interests. And so we combined those and we just kind of expanded what we were into. So yeah, I definitely agree that removing those filters... You would think that it isn't what you want, but it seems that that would really be the best result. You would get more options and be able to connect with more people that you may not uh, be able to. Yeah.
2: And find new experiences like water sports that you never (laughs) knew you loved a lot or a new band or a new favorite book. I think there's a lot to be said for just coming into things, really being open-minded about other people. I mean, and I mean, a lot of people have said this before. It's not like I'm discovering some brand new thing about dating, but it's interesting when you can actually see it supported in, in a very real way.
1: <laughs> yeah, and just to touch on what Sarah said, I would really encourage people to remove those filters, and and you, you don't even have to just try it, you know, and then you can always put it back, but. It's very true to to me personally that I totally was like had the idea of the type of girl that I wanted to be with, and Sarah met that idea in some ways, but in a lot of ways she didn't. had I and sometimes we think we know what we we want, and and it's just not the reality. And I always say now, looking back in hindsight, I'm so thankful obviously that we met and and you know, I wasn't on Zeus with my filter and, and I, wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have met Sarah, but you know, must, must be into surfing. Uh, but, but, um, but I always say now on, I've said this on the podcast is it'd be quite boring. It'd be like dating yourself. If you, if you meet someone, it's sure there's things that are nice when, when you can share passions and hobbies and and Sarah's definitely supportive of those things, and, and vice versa, um, with with me su- be supporting her. But it'd be pretty boring if if we were just totally into all the same thing. It'd be like dating yourself. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Uh, so it it's counterintuitive, but yeah, remove those filters.
2: It's funny. We actually made a joke dating app for April Fools' here one year, and it was about surviving the apocalypse together. <laughs> and the way we matched people up were by people who had complementary skills, because in theory, you would be able to survive more if you had different skills to survive together with. Um, you don't want someone who can do the exact same things as you. For so a funny little joke, we were hoping to be a, like a good metaphor for,
0: <laughs> for real relationships. But... Absolutely.
1: I think I signed up for that. I thought it was real. <laughs> no, but yeah, it, it, it is so true. And just thinking, just a talk about like personally, it's like, all right, if Sarah was into, I'm into surfing and and being out on the water. Well, yeah, it'd be nice. We'd be able to share it. And we do sometimes, but it is such a passion of mine that and I have friends that have wives and girlfriends that do participate. And they're like, yeah, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's like, I'm worried about them when we're on the water or we're sharing gear. Or then the, the kicker was, I had one buddy who had a kid and he's like, we're always fighting over who gets to go out because one of us has to watch the kid when we, you know, <laughs> we both want to go out. So you can, again, I don't want to say that it's, it's completely bad. Obviously, it can be nice to share your passion. But there is a flip side to it where it's easy to paint a rosy picture of what you think you want but but uh there can definitely be a flip side to it, so yeah, that's a great tip as removing those filters. Are there any other major things that stand out uh that you can give uh some advice to our listeners?
2: Yeah, um, in terms of like how you approach really meeting someone, I think a good thing. Um, especially for women out there, because I know personally, for me, this is hard, you kind of get what you put into it when it comes to online dating. Um, So I know it's hard to like message the man first when you're online and send the first message or initiate contact or even press the little like button. Sometimes you just want people to like you and then you respond to them. But you actually get We've seen that people that initiate more do have more conversations, both on the male and female side, because you're kind of taking control of the situation. And it's especially true for women. Basically, the more conversations they start, the longer their conversations tend to be and the more replies they get compared to men. Um, I think for men out there, it's actually really hard online dating because they have to put in a lot more of the work. So if you're a woman and you're online dating and you kind of start things off more, it's a lot easier for you to kind of quote unquote be successful and like actually start meeting and interacting with people. And I think that's something people forget. Like you can't just sit back and and wait for everyone to come to you. Once again, I think that's kind of true in life too. If you went to a bar and stared down at your drink all night, or if you go to a party and you only talk to your friends and don't try to meet new people, something I've been very guilty of before. (laughs) You're not going to meet new people that way. Um, And that's true on online dating as well. Like if you just wait for people to come to you or only message people who message you first, um, you're still going to get a lot of interactions and you're still going to meet people and have conversations. But we've seen that people that initiate first and kind of really go after it tend to be more successful.
0: I'm curious, do you have any data that shows who initiates
2: conversations more? Ooh, You know, I don't know if I have it at my fingertips right now. I mean, I know men do, but yeah. I don't know the exact number. Um, I
0: figured. I just wondered if it was, you know, kind of more like real world where people, where men generally do initiate it more or, or if women were more encouraged to initiate it more because of just being behind the, the screen, I guess you could say.
2: Yeah. Um, I think there's a bit of both going on. I think it's just like the same social norms that work in the real world. You see them in online dating. I mean, it was kind of one of the first things I noticed when I started here. Just, I think it, I, I don't know the percentage of men who message first women. Sorry, I wish I had that. I don't have it memorized yet. Oh, it's um, okay. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> there was also an interesting, OKCupid did an interesting um, study on this where they looked into women who were messaging men first and they found that they tended to message men who were more attractive um, and therefore have conversations with more attractive men. And the way they like scored attractiveness was based on kind of how many people like them, but also like how much of their profile they had filled out and how many interactions they had. And so by going out there and going after what you want, the theory was that you get more quality people as well.
1: <laughs> it makes sense. You know, it's like the more you put yourself out there, the, the more opportunities you're going to have. and again i am just looking at this like in the future how much has changed just since sarah and i have met and and then going into the future it's going to get really interesting with with uh you know augmented reality virtual reality and and then like big data which is what you guys already have that you're really going to be able to whittle down uh based on all this data and what you're looking for everything in between but i kind of just thinking out loud here it it can be definitely a, a great thing but there's also something to be said about not overthinking it right like if i was yeah. if i had like my own little spreadsheet 10 years ago and i'm like all right this is what i'm looking for like i said i didn't really know <laughs> it's not what i wanted and it was just a very Random thing that Sarah and I actually met in a bar. Not the most romantic thing, but but it was it, that's where we met, and and even it wasn't in the beginning of the race relationship. We weren't like we're gonna get married. Uh, like both Sarah was coming out of a relationship. I was just graduating college. It wasn't like diving in, but like our love group. But anyways, it's just I guess there's a lot of ways that relationships can start, and more and more online and through apps like Zoosk and, and the website. It's just more opportunities. And it's a great thing, but not to... I guess, overthink it or, or put unnecessary pressure on yourself or feel like you have to message everyone to find that right person, because sometimes it can be, it can still be at the bar, you know, or, or yeah. randomly, you might go with a date on a person, uh, that you met on Zoosk and then meet their friend or something. And that's the, per- you know, like I'm sure that's happened. So there can be a range of things, uh that uh, I guess can be serendipitous and, and not to be too locked in on, uh, okay, my profile has got to be perfect and I got to send this message and, and getting in your own head.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think one drawback of online dating is it's easy to start thinking about it as like work almost because you're sitting down at your computer on your phone and you can get analytical about it. And that's when it starts to almost feel like a game that you're trying to win. Um, which I think isn't like the best way to approach it because I mean, a lot of relationships don't work out or a lot of times you contact people and you start talking to them and it fizzles out. I mean, that's really natural things to happen. And if you start viewing those all as failures um, instead of just, you know, you out there getting to know people and putting yourself out there, it can start, you know, really getting you down. I think any single person has had that moment though where you're like going out there and going on first dates and never getting to a second date or, you know, talking to people on an app and never getting to a first date where you feel like a little stuck and it's easy to kind of feel like you're failing at something. And I think uh, in online dating, it can especially feel like that, especially if you're like paying for a site or you're like really investing in the experience and you're just not getting it back yet. But I think that's also like a really natural thing. I mean, part of dating is, you know, you do get your heart broken and you do break hearts and none of it's intentional. Well, I guess, I suppose some people are intentional. <laughs> that's a bit optimistic of me, but you know, it's it's a natural part of like living and growing. So if you get too caught up in that and like focusing on the failures and like seeing it as a dog, I think it can have like a, a negative impact. There's just so many ways to meet people Um, and online dating is definitely one and it's very convenient. But if you approach everything as an open experience, I think it's a lot more helpful. I've also noticed, and maybe you guys have heard about this, I have a lot of friends that they call online dating practice dating, especially some of my older friends that are getting back into dating after a long break or maybe coming back after like a long relationship ended and they'll go back and online date just to like get in the groove again. Oh, wow. No, I haven't heard that. That's cool. Yeah. I think because it almost seems like more casual, you know, when you ask someone out that you've known for a long time and have a crush on it's, it's a bit more, you know, more that stake at first. So it can be like a fun way to ease back into things.
0: Oh yeah. Take the pressure off of it.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) But that's a great way to look at it that you look at, take the pressure off and look at every Date or every message as a learning opportunity and and looking at the positive and that's where it is a, a huge advantage online that you're exposed to so many people um, and it's a lot everyone's there for the same reason you know to meet people now the the scale varies some people may be looking for a wife some be looking something uh, casual but I know when I was. I wasn't dating a whole lot, but when I had my mindset on, all right, you know, I want to settle down a little bit. It was hard to meet girls in uh, ten years ago, and and so the bar and friends of friends. But uh, I didn't really expect to to meet uh, you know my future wife at a bar. It was like I said, that was that was kind of serendipitous. But with the online dating, you're able to be exposed and open yourself up to a lot more experiences and just looking at the positive of each one.
2: Yeah. I think that's a great way to approach a lot of things too. Like I said, it's just so easy to get lost in like the little things and worrying about how to set up your profile and what picture makes you look perfect. Or, I mean, I think sometimes people judge other people too much too instead of like really giving someone a chance. I mean, that is kind of another point where you're just saying like yes and no to people without really looking or reading their profile or getting to know them, you could be missing out on some really interesting people because you're just sifting through so many things, you know.
1: So you've given us and our listeners a lot of great information here. Is there anything else that really stands out that can help them date successfully online?
2: I think a big thing is if, if you're new and you're just getting started, to remember is, is like really taking the time to set up your profile. A lot of people, like, rush through that because you just get excited and really want to meet people. Um, But that is really your first impression. So it is important to, like, put a little thought into it and think about how you want to represent yourself. And I think it almost, um, I know for me, when I see someone who just hasn't filled out a profile, it almost seems like, well, they don't care as much. They're not as serious about things. And then you have very little to go off of when you're trying to come up with something to break the ice or say hi to them. So I think just when you're getting started, really do take a little bit of time to set up your profile and, and get things right. And then you'll see that you're way more successful when you do start talking to people because they can look at it and get, get a better sense of who you are. Cause it is hard to get to know people in that kind of environment. So every little bit helps.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the first impression. So take the time. Don't, don't write enjoys long walks on the beach <laughs> <laughs> because you don't want to think about what, what uh, you really want to put on their profile. Well, this is all really great information. And now we got to go forward to the lasting love round and we'll ask you a series of questions. And we can revolve these all around online dating if you like, or we can sort of uh, make it more broad.
2: We can make it more broad, whatever is up to you guys. Perfect. I'm open to it.
1: So pretty much every expert, doctor, therapist, psychologist we have on the show unanimously recommends therapy as a way to work on yourself or work on your relationship. And Sarah and I have experienced firsthand how valuable this can be. And that's why we are really excited to be working with a sponsor who's been with us for a few months now, our our first and and longest running sponsor, Talkspace.
0: Talkspace is an online therapy company that makes it easy to connect with an experienced, licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. You can send your therapist text, audio, and video messages, or even do live chat.
1: Yeah, and... It's like you're there in the room with them, making it super easy to communicate and talk through and work out whatever it is you're seeking therapy for.
0: Talkspace therapists are fully licensed and go through rigorous training process, in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash I do. And as a special offer for our listeners... You can use the coupon code I do and get $30 off your first month and to show support for this podcast. That's I do and TalkSpace.com forward slash I do.
1: TalkSpace therapy for how we live today.
0: Based on, I know you're you're the editor in chief, so you have a lot of experience dealing with dating articles and relationship articles. So, is there one common theme or one tool that you would recommend for our listeners to implement on a daily basis to improve their relationship?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Um, You know, one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately, and that has come up, is that um, no matter what part of your relationship you're at, like if you're in the middle, you've been with somebody for 20 years. Sometimes it's really easy to forget to really get into a real conversation with everyone. Like try to do that at least every day where the person you're with, you know, it's easy to get caught up in like the things that you talk about or making plans or little chit chat, like how was your day or what we're going to eat for dinner. But you're not actually sitting down and having a conversation with someone. Um, I think it really helps you be more present in the moment and just enjoy your time together. But it's such an easy, silly thing to forget to do. But really just starting a simple conversation and having that time to like talk to someone, even if it's about something silly or stupid, I think can really can really help two people get closer.
1: That's great, especially you add kids into the equation and the time slips away and you really got to make that time to connect on something other than uh, diaper discussion.
2: Yeah, exactly. My brother and his wife just had a six week old and I visited them the last weekend and they're like, here, take the kid for a little bit, we're going to go in the backyard and hang out and nice. <laughs> we've been meaning to catch up. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. It's, the,
0: it's <laughs> the little things when you have a six-week-old, right? Just go into the backyard to just talk.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Is there a book or resource you could recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship?
2: You mean other than the date mix um, sites site that I run? No. You know, I think there's so much out there. I have to admit, I don't really believe in following like one philosophy or one approach to dating a relationship.'s kind of why I call it date mix date mix because I like to get a lot of different points of view. Um, so there's no one book or website I'd recommend, um even my own. <laughs> I think it's it's good to go out there and get a lot of points of view on things. Sometimes I think the best advice about lover relationships comes from like authors like Tolstoy or Anania Nin or like even dickens than it than it is from a self-help book or a relationship expert. Um I think it's good to just like dive in and and think about things a little bit more holistically. So <laughs> no, I suppose that isn't the most helpful advice. But. Yeah,
1: no, that, that's great. Uh, we love it. It's different. It, are, are there any particular Tolstoy or Dickens? Novels that stick out? Tale of Two Cities?
2: You know, Dickens always comes to mind for me. Um, David Copperfield is a really... I'm going to turn into a literature dork a little bit, so I apologize. But David Copperfield is an interesting book because that character has three relationships in that book. And one is very much like a puppy love type relationship. And the second one is that very passionate, like almost like a teenage twilight kind of intense love. And then the last one um, is a more comfortable like almost friendship type relationship and when I read that book as a teenager I was so depressed that you know David Copperfield ended up with Agnes the last like comfortable friendship girl and I I think Dora was the name of the like more passionate love and then as adult when I read that I'm like yeah actually Agnes is a way better person (laughs) at (laughs) work. (laughs) For him to be with, that's a more realistic, long lasting relationship. But it's kind of funny when you read things like that, it makes you think about your own approaches, you know, how you react to something can like tell you a little bit about yourself. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Not always good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is definitely the first time we've had that book recommended. So that's awesome. (laughs) It's going to be on our list to read now. I haven't read that. Have you?
1: No, no.
2: (laughs) It's a bit dense. There's a lot more going on than just those relationships, but it's it's funny to look into stuff like that. And I'm a big Virginia Woolf fan, too. I'm not going to not everyone likes to read Virginia Woolf like me, but I think everything she says is genius. So,
0: <laughs> Well, great. Well, the the Date Mix website, your website, as well as um, David Copperfield, those links will be on your show notes page at idopodcast.com. We've been married for almost three years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds?
2: Oh, congrats! Thank you. I don't know, I think my one of my biggest pieces of advice for all couples, especially if you've like just had a big milestone, like getting married, or even having a kid, or you know, my parents have gone through being retired together and having their kids get married and have kids even at their age. It's good to remember um, you always have to keep trying for each other and, and trying for your relationship. Um, it's easy when you get to a good place to kind of not necessarily settle, but it's almost like the relationship becomes stagnant for a while because you're focusing on other things like keeping a small child alive or, you know, moving homes or doing, you know, it's easy to get caught up in life and careers and, and other things that are going on. Um, so it's good not to forget that you still have to put time and work into into your relationship. Um, as you grow and evolve as individuals, your relationship should be growing and evolving as well. You don't want that to kind of behind as these other things move forward Um, and it's not always easy when you're you're caught up in big life changes or maybe you really are focusing on your career and and that's a priority for you you know it's sometimes these things happen and you think it would be easy but it's it's easy to get just lost in in life sometimes and forget that like oh this is something i have to think about and work on it doesn't just happen
1: (laughs) besides signing up for a Zeuska count, what advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship?
2: Oh, I think um something that's easier said than done that I'm really guilty of is when you're with people, even if you're on a dating site or meeting someone in person, it's easy to try and say what you think you should say or what you think the other person wants to hear because you're trying to get this person to like you. Instead of just saying what you want to say or how you really feel about something, I always give the example, like, if you want to text someone and say hi and ask about their day, you should do it. If you're wondering why someone hasn't answered their call, your call, sometimes it's good to just ask them. Because um, in the end, the more, the more honest about, like, what you want and who you are, I think it's just going to lead to, like, the relationship you actually want. And in terms of ones that don't work for you, you're just gonna learn that they don't work for you and move on more quickly. That's great
1: advice. Yeah, if you're if you're thinking and saying what you think they want, then you're not being your authentic self. And you want that person to fall in love with the real you, not the fake you. So, so that that's really great advice. And we've appreciated all of the great stuff you've given us and our listeners today. I know it, it's been. We've had a few podcasts like this, but we need to have more because it's, it's very relevant to all of our single listeners out there dating because it, it's hard to say exactly, but I'm sure a very large percentage of you guys out there listening are dating online. So we hope and think that this would all really valuable stuff. So why don't we finish by having you tell us where we can find you and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Yeah, you can um, find me, my information at wwwzooscom slash datemix. It's date, D-A-T-E hyphen M-I-S, datemix. You can also just Google Zeus datemix and find us. Um, we have all kinds of data studies out there all the time and um, advice from experts like yourselves and about relationships and dating and everything going on. We had a dating slang terms article that came out the other day, so we kind of cover a little bit of everything. So.
0: So happy to have you on. Oh, great. Yeah, we we loved it. And, and Chase and I are both kind of data junkies when it comes to that stuff. So I'm sure we'll definitely be on your website checking out all those stats to learn more. So again, thank you oh, so great. much for, for coming on. And uh, it was great. Yeah, thanks, you, guys. Thanks for connecting. Hey, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's interview with Megan Murray. We hope you are better equipped to tackle online dating. We have put together a freebie for today's episode, and it's going to be the top five tips that will help improve your online dating. So if you want to check that out, you can head over to our website at idopodcast.com forward slash 112 download. That's today's episode number 112 download to get your hands on that awesome freebie. And if you guys have not joined our Love Tribe group on Facebook, then uh, do so, please. We would love to have you guys join our community. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Love Tribe Fam, F-A-M, like for family. And uh, all as always, all these links will be on the show notes page and on the podcast description. And then lastly, if you have not signed up or done our 14 day happy couple challenge, we really encourage it. We've had some awesome feedback from you guys and uh, that it's really helped your relationship. So we encourage uh, that each of you try it as well. We hope you guys have a awesome day and thanks so much for listening and see you next week.